0: Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicky, and I am so excited today to get connected here with Anita Gibson. I met Anita at the 2-1 to conference, which we are always talking about, and picked up a copy of her book, Starfinder. And as I sat down and read it, it's not a huge book. But every word of it spoke to my heart and said, yes, this is a kindred spirit. The things that she talks about in this book are the heart of Seven Sisters Homeschool. Like we believe in believing in and understanding your kids and helping them understand themselves so that they can fulfill who God made them to be. And this whole book Anita wrote is about that and how she uses this process she's developed with homeschoolers. So anyway, I don't want to give the whole book away, but I'm just so excited. So Anita, would you please introduce yourself and tell us about your family's homeschool
1: journey? Absolutely. I am Anita Gibson. I am a coach, an author, and an educational strategist. And we homeschooled, my husband and I homeschooled our children for over 20 years from kindergarten through twelfth grade. Uh I joined homeschool kicking and screaming because I I was a businesswoman and the thought of being home with my kids all day terrified me. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I really felt, you know, we felt like this was something God wanted us to do. And so we jumped in with both feet. Um, Our children uh, really thrived in our homeschool environment. I'm a very hands-on, kind of quirky Butterfly chick. So uh uh, we we did home we did schooling in a lot of untraditional ways. You know, sometimes we're at the park. I love field experiences. So we spent a lot of time uh handling and learning about things outside of the home. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So but we loved it. They're all, you know, in their thirties now and doing very well. Yeah, the the beauty of homeschooling
0: is there's not one right way to do it, is you want to homeschool your kids in the way that's best for them. So what led you to create the
1: book Starfinder? So our middle child struggled with reading and uh, and her self-esteem really, really uh, badly. Um, She actually um, probably didn't start reading well until about 6th grade and and I was just befuddled because her sister before her I don't even remember teaching her how to read. She just <laughs> everything she knows, she touched just was like, "Boop, oh, got it." And you know, and she moved on. Uh and so can you imagine being the second daughter behind someone like that? Yeah, um, it
0: really is a shock, isn't it? And the, oh, yeah, it it really shakes a kid when she sees an older sister who is just such a natural reader. And then you have a struggler. So
1: we had both of those in my house, too. (laughs) Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, So as time went on, God really challenged me. And he said, Anita, you're prejudiced. I was like, wait a minute. prejudice? What do you mean by that? He's like, "Uh, you've made this assumption that everyone is supposed to be like your daughter, like your oldest daughter. And Mm -hmm. if they're not, something's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. You have got to change your view. You have not honored who I made Danielle to be? You've only compared her to Lauren. Boy, when God says something, He says it, doesn't He? Like <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And you know, I had to. I had to be honest with myself and say, "You know what? You're right." And so, how do I fix it? And so, He began uh, helping us to see the beauty of Danielle. Um, I learned the beauty of slow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because I'm a rabbit. So I do everything very quickly, I think quickly, I have all the answers. When you ask me a question, I know immediately the answer. Uh, but everybody's not like that. And so I had to learn that God needs all kinds of people because there's all kinds of things he needs accomplished. And so he had to show me the vision of if I had a terrible disease and I had two doctors and one was really quick, looked at my x ray, said, Oh, you're fine, uh, you know, could give me the diagnosis right then, or if I had a or if I had a doctor who took his time and and told me, look, I'm not going to be able to tell you anything for two weeks. But when the two weeks were up, he saw that there was a a little mass over here and we can have surgery and get that taken care of. Which doctor would you want?
0: (laughs) That is a beautiful analogy. Indeed. So slow would be beautiful in that circumstance.
1: Yes. And so I had to reprogram my brain to understand that she literally was created that way. And that every time, now, you know, she has to mature in that gift. So there are times when you have children that move at a slower pace, you have to teach them to stay focused and you mature it. But she was the finder in our house. If you lost anything, she could always find it because her mind moved at a slow enough pace that it just kind of went into her memory. Now, she couldn't tell you where it was, but she could go and find it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that is what kind of created this desire to write this book so that other parents would not make the mistakes that we made and then have to spend so much time rebuilding a self-esteem, so much time really learning how to honor who God made that child to be.
0: So the, the title, of course, has several meanings. One is just finding the star in your child and I, I know for us we always say that God made all children gifted. Yes. They they are gifted in the way He wants them to be and not in the way necessarily that our, you know, our performance driven culture tells us that they have to be. And so exactly. that that's one meaning. But it actually star stands for some words. So Would you mind sharing the the STAR process, please? Sure, sure. So STAR
1: stands for strengths, talents, abilities, and resources, and every child has them. Yes. So the whole point is to, as a parent, is to not focus so much on the thing that we think is a weakness, because we can get locked into fixing that and bringing it up and. Getting it better when, if we flip and begin to find out their strengths, their talents, their abilities, and their resources, they would begin to see the beauty of themselves. And actually, that area that's weak, then there's not such a big deal to work on it because I got all this awesome stuff and all these awesome things I am over here. So then, this area over here, yeah, I need to work on that. Let me pull it up. Uh, But what I tell parents is that a weakness will only, you can only get it to average. Yeah. Right. So we spend all this energy trying to help people, you know, our kids do things uh, that we just needed to get high enough. If it's a weakness, get it high enough so it doesn't trip them, but spend all the rest of your energy on what they do well. Indeed. Yeah. And that's,
0: you know, it, it is not a shame to have weaknesses, you know, that, you know, God made us with strengths and weaknesses and the weaknesses keep us Relying on God, but to, to understand that those strengths are the things that God wants to work in and through us to accomplish some end.
1: That's so important for young people to know. It is. And unfortunately, if the parents don't understand it, then we misinterpret for the student and we end up for that child, we end up making them feel like they're a failure, even though they've got this whole treasure chest of gifts and strengths. That have not been developed. Yeah, and so what you do in the book is you have
0: action steps for parents, like these these little tasks for the parents to do to guide themselves and their young person through the process of of discovery for their STAR. And uh, one of the things I really got a kick out of because I'm just I do this myself periodically is to sit down and find their own star and start with understanding their own strengths. And yes. um, and, and you talked about having them, uh, the parents themselves, take the strength finder test. So yes. a little bit
1: about that. So Clifton has uh, strength finders tests for adults, for children, for teenagers, and for children, where uh, once they t- you take the assessment, it kind of gives you your top five mm-hmm. areas that you really shine in. And I, I encourage parents to take it because sometimes the things that we're really good at, we assume others are as well. Say that again. That's that assumption. we <laughs> can be big trouble. Yes, we assume that the things we're good at that everyone is good at, because we actually undervalue our own star. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we just think, oh, this is just normal. Everybody should be able to do this. What's your problem? Why don't you get it? Right? When we don't understand we're functioning in gift and gifting. Yes.
0: Yeah. And you know, if you don't have something to compare it to, you just assume. But the beauty of StrengthsFinder is to take the test and sit down and go like, oh my goodness, out of 30 different strengths, they're on Clifton Strength Finder. These are yes. my five tops, but everybody yep. has a different combination of strengths created by God. There,
1: exactly. And as you begin to understand that, you then begin to honor who God made them to be. It it was life changing for me. My daughter, our second born daughter, taught me about unconditional love mm-hmm. um, in a way that none of the other children could because I did not understand her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had to begin to see life through her eyes and then begin to create an environment in our home that supported, that encouraged, that honored who she was.
0: And that that started for you understanding yourself. But also, did you actually have her take the young people's
1: version of Strength Finder at some point? Back then they didn't have it. This oh, that's, is like uh-huh, that's true. Like 30, this is 30 some years ago. So you just had to do the work yourself. <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I had to, we had to figure it out. But what we did was we just looked is you know, it's not complicated. Uh well for us at least, we were able to look at what she liked and what she had a passion for and what she enjoyed and it was animals. Everything at the end of the day turned up animals. She loved animals. She was the animal doctor in the neighborhood. If a bird fell out of a tree, they brought it to Danielle oh. to fix. And if a turt they found a turtle in the neighborhood, they would you know bring it to our door. And so we visited the nature center quite a bit. Um and she began to uh we, we put her in things at the nature center. And we volunteered at the farm and, and we decided that she would be the only one in the house to ever have a pet.
0: That's cute. So is that how it actually played out?
1: Yes. Well, <laughs> she and the other kids, of course, were big. Can we have a this? Come? No, uh-huh. this is one. We had to find one thing that she shined in. Yeah. And then we had to protect that by saying no one else, unfortunately, in our family, Danielle will be the one who who has the pets. And let me tell you, I am not pet friendly, <laughs> but we ended up with hamsters in our house that she was, uh, they were, she was breeding them and, and she did so well at it that she would take them to her and her dad, because I had nothing to do with them, Uh, would take them to the pet store and they would uh, exchange them for bedding and food. She was just so good at it. And then she had rabbits. And I mean, she her litters were huge. At one point, she had a litter of like 16 rabbits. She oh just, my goodness. you know, like, you know how some people are gardeners and they, they have that green thumb? Yeah, She had a green thumb for animals. That's um, yeah. And her esteem started to build. Uh, she began to have an identity. She began to read better because now I want to read about how to take better care of my rabbits. What do I need to do for my hamsters? And that that weakness just naturally began to build and increase. Yes.
0: Yeah, so the, the, what you did is your first strategy is taking some time to discover what your child is interested in, good at, to know their tendencies and their patterns and yes. and, uh, and, and to like be a scientist about your child. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. We had one, I had one child, a mom walked in my office one day because I also uh, help other parents with uh, homeschooling. And uh, so she had a review and she was almost in tears. She's like, uh, you know, my son, I think he was like four or five. He keeps breaking up everything in the house. And I, I keep telling him, leave my stuff alone. And I look around and, you know, and there's something else broken. She's like, I don't know what to do. Can you have any thoughts about what's going on? And I I thought about it for a minute. And I said to her, you know what? Let's try this. Go to the thrift store and pick out some things that he can break up to his heart's content and then put them back together, get a box and just put them in there. Because what if he's an engineer (laughs) Uh and he needs to know how things work? Yes. And so she tried that. And sure enough. He stopped breaking up her stuff, and he is now in eleventh grade. He's been at college since tenth grade, already taking calculus and and all of those high level courses, and is on track to become an engineer.
0: That is that's such a beautiful segue. So you're, you're in. I'm, I'm sitting here with your book because, like I'm, I keep saying, I love this book. The third strategy is to think about what irritates you about your child. So this mom. <laughs> was irritated by her little one breaking things.
1: Yes. And that, yes. That to
0: be able to see that that was an indicator of a future gift. Like, at the best. That is just absolutely magnificent. That sometimes when oh. we look at things through God's eyes, he has something different to tell us besides just irritation.
1: Exactly. In fact, when I say most of the time when I say that, To parents, the thing that irritates you the most is probably a gift. They just look at me like, what? (laughs) (laughs) They don't believe me at first. And then when I explain, they're like, a light goes on. They're like, oh my goodness. So I say, so you've been slapping their hands and shutting down the the thing that God has literally put in them that he wants to come into the earth because you didn't realize it was an indicator of a gift.
0: Yeah. You know, if if our sisters who are listening... Walk away with something that's really a thing they can chew on for a long time. Is that idea of are the irritations really an indicator of a gift? And, you know, what mm. is God doing in them and what is God
1: doing in us? Yes, because uh, my oldest daughter talked like 24 seven. She did not stop talking until she went to sleep <laughs> at night. And I would, I'd have to run away from her sometimes. I would have to like go in the bathroom. And lock the door and just say, look, if anyone's if unless someone's bleeding or dying, do not bother me. uh, but I began to understand that that was a gift. And instead of shutting her down, yes, we had to teach her, okay, Lauren, there's a time to talk and there's a time to be quiet. But we had to find places where she could talk and she could speak and she could interact and share her thoughts. And now she is a Foreign Service officer. And guess what she does? Oh my goodness. She talks. She gets paid well to talk. She travels the world training uh, foreign service officers on different subjects and loves it.
0: You know, that is the best story. So, you know, she God gave her the gift of talk. And, yes. and you had to be able to mold her self-discipline, but also your own. So it didn't snuff that gift or discourage that gift. And as she grew in that gift, God has used her in a really big way, you know, around the yes. world. So
1: around the world. And what he said to me was she wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Do you realize what a blessing that is? Yeah. Because she could be talking to so many other people and sharing their her heart with them and telling them her dreams. But she wants to talk to you, mom. Mm. You gotta find some margins in your life that you have time to sit down and, with intention, hear her heart. Mm. Preach it. So, <laughs> okay.
0: So, I mean, as you can tell just by listening to Anita, that there is a lot of of concrete help and encouragement. In this book. So, there are actually 12 strategies in this book. And for struggling learners, the book was actually written for struggling learners, but I was telling Anita ahead of time, I recommend this to be part of a career exploration program for any kind of learner because it's built on mom's awareness and a teen's awareness of themselves. And I just see that's foundational and good for all teens. So, So, Anita, would you tell us how to find your book and how to find you in the digital world?
1: Absolutely. Uh, So if you go to Amazon, my book is there. Um, There are a lot of other star finders. So if you just put in my name, Anita Gibson, uh, the book will pop up. And we will put links to the show notes
0: in there. So... Okay. Um, Okay. And then if they wanted to find you on Facebook, uh, do you have a a page that they can look you up on?
1: Absolutely. So they can find me at Anita Gibson, E-D-U. They can also find me um, at Homeschool Moms uh, Motivational Lab. It's a group, just an encouragement group for moms. If you just need some place to come and be encouraged, that's the purpose of that group.
0: I'm going to hop over there and join myself. All right, yay! <laughs> All right, so we better wrap it up. But Anita, thank you so much for being with us and for writing the book. I just really am looking forward to hearing stories from our different Seventh Sisters on how it's been a uh, positive influence and encouragement in their lives. So this has been the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by Sistershomeschool.com. Please invite a friend to listen in on this episode and give us an iTunes review and some stars so that other folks can find us. Have a great day and we'll see you next week.